Welcome to Brand Saving the Planet. I'm Kelly Rogan, and this is the podcast where we talk to startup founders working to make this world a better place, to learn from their journey and help you grow your own impact startup. Wonderful. We will dive right in here. Um, so, Mary Claire, I know you quite well, but I'd love to start off um, and dive into an introduction to understand kind of who you are, what Cluey is, and kind of your journey um, that has led you to here today. I you know, started my career as a journalist. I was working for CNN in New York, and then I moved on from that uh, to work for an investment and corporate research firm. And Um, I was in San Francisco once I made that transition. Um, And then I left the workforce at the end of 2019 with every intention to to start a job hunt in 2020. But uh, 2020 had different plans for me as it did for so many people. Um, But basically, that extra time allowed me to come up with what I'm working on now, which is Cluey. And pretty much I was able to merge my professional skill set um, to solve a personal problem and frustration that I was having. Um, so professionally, I had this background as a journalist and former corporate researcher in information services, and I wanted to bring a solution to a huge um, gap uh, that I saw that needed a solution, which was um, giving consumers quick and reliable access to quality research to understand the impacts of their purchases before they buy in order to better um, find brands that are in line with their values. Um, because I had been frustrated over the years of buying from brands that were out of sync with my values, whether they were donating to politicians who I didn't support or, you know, not being very kind to the environment with their corporate practices or not treating their workers fairly. And so when I would learn about that after the fact, it would really make me feel dirty uh, about those brands that I was buying and using. And I would certainly make a conscious effort to try and change, but it became a very difficult process to do without having access to good quality information. So that's where my information background came in. (laughs) Amazing. And so on that, on that note of kind of the idea of conscious consumption, how has that been something that you think, and like you mentioned, the pandemic has changed a lot of things for a lot of people. And now, you know, especially in the US, we're seeing a lot of people leaving their jobs and trying to find something more fulfilling. So how do you think that relates to this idea of conscious consumption? And how do you think this, you know, how do you predict this will continue to evolve? Yeah, well, you know, I think that values are becoming more a part of everything that everyone's looking to do. And, and major credit obviously goes towards uh, Gen Z and you know even millennial generations. The younger generations, I think, are driving a lot of that change. Um, but when I think about you know why maybe my parents who are in their seventies would have made a purchase as a consumer, it was mainly driven by you know the need and and the product efficacy. Um, So something like a a sweatshirt brand, for example, you know, just was it, was it going to be a good sweatshirt? Yes or no for their needs Uh, for my generation. And I think for, you know, consumers kind of coming into their own with wanting to have their values define uh, who they are in every facet of life. um, Buying a sweatshirt from Patagonia means so much more to the current day consumer than it does just because it's a good sweatshirt, you know, knowing what Patagonia stands for as a company, I think allows uh, you to feel like you're living your life, living your values throughout your life as a consumer, as an employee, um, Mm -hmm. you know, choosing where you want to work based on a, a company that shares similar values to yourself. Um, as an investor, as we're seeing majorly be the case with the 
ESG movement with investing and wanting to invest more responsibly. So every facet of life, I think values are really becoming a, a central and core theme. And because of 2020 being a watershed year in many ways for the American society in particular, but I think um, I think this is something that like the writing has been on the wall now for for quite some time, even before 2020. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think it's interesting you mentioned how kind of values are starting to weave their way into every aspect of life. And it does kind of feel like that if you talk to older generations, there's a lot of common threads that you go to work and that's like your work outfit. And then you come home and it's like you kind of change your personality almost of like, this is who I am here. And, you know, and sometimes I think you you buy something, and you think, well, what impact does it really have? Right. What am I doing? I need it and I'm getting it and that's it. And now we're realizing wow, you know, we really do um, actually vote with our dollar. And that's kind of the theme I want to dive into is, you know, I think it's common that a lot of people feel helpless around this idea, whether it's climate, whether it's more ethical practices, or even in politics. So we feel like we can't really, you know, create change. Um, I think more and more that's starting to, to really change that perspective that everything we do does have an impact. Um, and so how, how do you think this whole concept of voting with your dollar is going to help, you know, shift this perspective moving forward, you know, past the pandemic and everything like that? How do you think we're going to be able to change that perspective on a global scale that we can impact change with just our dollar, you know, this everyday purchases? Yeah. Well, um, you know, and I don't know the exact numbers on the stat. I can certainly send it to you afterwards. Maybe you can plug it in somehow. But um, the concept of voting, right? You know, we tie that to how we can shape the government in the country that we live in. Um, if if we are so fortunate to live in a country where we have a vote that's valued, of course. Um, but you know, when you think about voting with your dollar, what's interesting in the stat that I'm referencing is that over the last 20 years now, the largest entities in the world are starting to become more and more made up of corporations and actual governments and actual like, you know, like the government of the United States of America, for example, or, uh, you know, instead of countries being the largest entities, corporations are representing the largest entities in terms of uh, their economic power, in terms of, you know, their their lobbying power, in terms of so many things, in terms of their international uh, expansiveness. You know, we used to think about governments being the ones that had kind of these global ties and, and these large uh, economies to, to influence how the world would work. But what we're now seeing is that corporations are, you know, having more and more of an outsized impact on everything and every issue that we face as a society. And corporations are incentivized by making profits. Um, So what that means is that those incentives ultimately might lead them to do things that aren't best in line for for what the world needs. Um, But of course, if you can vote with your dollar as a consumer and recognize that consumer power that you have, you can then ultimately affect that corporation's bottom line and they have to listen to you in the same way that, you know, an elected official has to listen to its constituents. It's the same concept Um, But you're right. It's really easy, I think, for consumers to feel so powerless in that system because it's not a system that we've been conditioned to recognize, oh, we have power similar to how I have power as a voter at the polls. But I do have power as a consumer at the cash register and every consumer has power at the cash register. Um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, of course, certain consumers have different wants and needs based on their circumstances. Um, but I think as it relates to recognizing where that power exists and recognizing and not, and not, I guess, falling into, um, fatalism and thinking, oh, this isn't, this doesn't make a difference. This doesn't matter. Um, when realizing that every purchase we make does in fact have an impact, it has a ripple effect uh, of sorts. So that's really what voting with your dollar means to me. And I think really wanting to help illuminate that to the everyday consumer uh, is, is important to me because I feel like we've really conditioned our society has conditioned ourselves since like the 1950s and our modern day consumerism um, to kind of be like in a zombie like state of how we consume and purchase goods. Um, you know, it's so like subconscious to us at this point from advertising, telling us, Oh, we need this to like new seasonal items, making us feel like we're going to be, you know, shunned or out of sync with the times if we don't buy it. Um, so I think kind of waking everybody up and then like allowing people to really like uh, direct their consumer power to what they care about most is what voting with your dollar means to me. Absolutely. And it's an interesting concept because really, if you think about it, if you're looking at more of the political aspect of when you vote, you vote that one time, right? Whether it's for the president administration and that's for four years and you're not voting those four years for that president, you voted and you're kind of stuck with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's almost like you sometimes, you know, it happens a lot where you vote for, for someone and then things don't go according to plan. You're like, well, shoot, this isn't, you know, if I could vote again, you know, people say that a lot with like Brexit. If this could vote, if this vote could happen again, things would probably not be the exact same sure. way. Um, and it's interesting that if we could really, because in reality, your purchases, it's all, you know, we say it's like you're voting, but it's something that you, you're kind of forced to do, right? We have to purchase things to survive unless you're one of like the really crazy nomads that live off of the mountain. Right. <laughs> you got to buy things. You got to get, you know, day to day. So you're, you're constantly, and I think, it's super interesting that that Chloe is able to kind of create that that you know bridge the gap between those corporations and what's happening behind the scenes on a you know day to day basis, and then we can vote day to day, right? It's yeah. like that. It's like I feel like people really just need to because we are truly having an impact every single day, and if we can wake up to that, and not only wake up to it, but also be empowered with that data and information, definitely the the sky's the limit, and so. Related to the specific kind of scoring and, you know, data points that Chloe's focused on, you know, they're really focused, um, obviously I know it very well, but on people, planet, and politics. And so I'd love to kind of hear, you know, from your own words, what, you know, roles each of these areas play and how you see them being intertwined. Yeah. Um, So for context, for like the listeners, I started Chloe when I started it back in 2020, as I mentioned, it was really towards the end of uh, the summer of 2020. And I started it with a little like testing my hypothesis um, or testing my own hunches about whether or not consumers would actually, you know, whether or not that the the market was ready for this sort of idea. Would consumers actually change their buying behavior based on their values? And I had a really interesting opportunity with the upcoming presidential elections in 2020 in the U.S., which were, you know, definitely some of the most intense uh, elections that we've had probably historically in, in the United States. And so I said, okay, well, let's get the data on political contributions that corporations make, and let's see whether or not 
consumers will change their buying behavior if we make that data a little bit more transparent and digestible. And turns out uh, consumers did change their buying behavior. People, you know, we made a very rudimentary uh, prototype app that people could use. And we were getting incredible feedback uh, from people just being like, just being like shocked by learning about uh, political contributions behind corporations, but then more so um, wanting to find alternatives if it was out of sync with whatever their political values were. Um, so that was that was a, a gr- great way to start this hypothesis and this experiment, and then we only expanded from there um, to impacts on social impacts and environmental impacts, so people and planet, as you mentioned. Um, and why did we expand? Well, a because consumers wanted to see more. Um, you know, corporate. Uh, Uh, I guess I should say political corporations, political contributions, excuse me, aren't necessarily the end all be all of how a corporation can have an impact. Of course, they can have an impact in how they're uh, manufacturing their goods, how they're extracting resources, how they're disposing of waste, how they're treating their labor up and down the supply chain. So um, that's why we wanted to expand to those. And oftentimes to your question, oftentimes these things are interestingly enough interconnected um, because, you know, if a company is, disposing of its waste incorrectly or or, or not, you know, in the best possible way. Sure, that's affecting the environment, but that's also affecting the community in which they're operating or in which they're dumping that waste. Um, So that's infecting, that's having a social effect and social change. And then you think, well, within that community, there should be regulators. Who's going to regulate this company? Well, that's the government. So that's who you vote on. So all of these things really like are hand in hand with one another. Now, you know, it's not like they perfectly line up where uh, one party always represents what's better for this or that. But the point is, is that there is a loop between all of these, um, all of these issues. And as long as consumers can start to enter the doorway of caring about uh, purchasing in line with their values on one element, maybe they're really fired up about the environment or social issues or their political values. That's great. But then the goal is to help them realize that this world and all these issues we face are 100% interconnected. Mm-hmm. And um, so I know kind of right now, um, maybe you can provide a little bit of insight in terms of today, what is available on Chloe and then kind of moving forward in the next five years, what do you envision Chloe to look like and kind of the impact that you, that you'd like to have? Yeah, absolutely. So today we are, you know, starting, uh, starting small, we're expanding past that political prototype I mentioned from last year. Um, but we measure, uh, three areas, the three P's, people, planet, and politics. So uh, corporation, social, environmental, and political impacts. Um, we're also measuring a few other, or not measuring, but we're also um, showcasing a few other interesting insights about companies. So recent news about um, companies, some uh, affiliation tags. So if a company is a member of the Rainforest Alliance, for example, or um, if they are a big corporation, these are the types of things that we're also bringing in to showcase about brands. Um, so we really want to give a very holistic, well-rounded picture to, to the consumer. So that way, as consumers care about different values, they can kind of pick and choose what on the app speaks to them most. 
Um, but we are a web platform and a Chrome extension. And currently all the brands that we're measuring are in grocery, um, household goods and personal goods. So like self-care and cleaning brands, but we'll be expanding to future categories and brands over the coming months. Um, hoping to add, you know, thousands and thousands of more brands. We have the research. We're just kind of plugging away at, at getting that built. And then other future things that we hope to do are really align um, alternative recommendations to unique user preferences. So if you are someone who is more driven by environmentalism than, than anything else, you know, we'll help to make sure that when you are buying from a brand that is scoring particularly poorly in environmental impact, that we're suggesting brands that only score higher in that particular area. So um, that's certainly how we're hoping to make strides in this year. Now in the next five years, the, the real goal is that we want to be the go-to hub and trusted hub for every values-based decision-making that you could, uh, you could come across in any aspect of life. So we mentioned this earlier, you know, about how in every aspect of life, people are wanting to live out their values. Consumers as our aspect of life as a consumer is one way, and that's how we're starting, but maybe as an employee and choosing a company you want to work for, choosing a company you want to invest in as an investor, um, all those different facets of life. So we really want to be that go-to trusted uh, hub for values-based decision-making. Absolutely. And I, and I love that concept that, you know, we get um, so many people are kind of feel like they're stuck in their day-to-day, right? And you mentioned um, previously on, on another call how, you know, sometimes, you know, what are we doing, spending our time doing, right? Like most people spend most of their time, what is it, working, sleeping, watching television and watching television, mm-hmm. you get ads that you need to buy things, then you need to work more to afford them. And so we get into this vicious sort of rat race and, and people around the world are waking up to this and really, you know, trying to, to make, you know, their life more fulfilling and that it truly is bringing an impact that they're proud of. Um, and so on yeah. that part of, you know, being proud and excited, cause I know there's a lot of dooms scrolling and just really negative, um, stuff that can make people want to, you know, it's fear avoidance. They don't want to go near this topic because they're too scared of it. So let's flip the script. And so what, you know, what is something that you are super excited about? What gets you out of bed every morning? You know, what are you super stoked for, for our planet in the future? For our planet. And this can be unrelated to like anything cluey, right? Anything. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, um, really quickly on that note about the way that we spend our time, like working, shopping, Mm -hmm. watching television, and it's this vicious cycle. I have to credit that to a organization called the story of stuff. I highly Mm -hmm. encourage anyone who's listening to this to check that out. It's an amazing way to like kind of wrap your head around wow, why are we doing things the way we're currently doing them now? It's so messed up. Um, But from the story of stuff, I was also extremely inspired in that, recognizing that humans created all of the current situations that we're currently in. So humans can also create the situations that get us out of these current situations, or they can create the circumstances that get us out of these current situations. And so in the story of stuff, they really like to talk about game-changing ideas. And I think Right now, it's a really exciting thing that we're finally having the attention that's deserved and needed to be put on the problem related to, you know, human fueled, human activity fueled climate change is that we're now finally starting to put a lot of innovations out there in ways that we can do things better. Um, and I just hear of so many cool companies every now and then, uh, carbon capture companies, for example, are ones that I'm like really excited to see how that works because 
we can't just reduce emissions at this point. We literally have to start extracting some of our carbon output. Um, so I think carbon capture technology is super, super exciting. Um, and then there's also like really like little things. Like there are these companies that are starting to make products where they like uh, add a sticker, like, you know, the produce stickers, for example. Um, well, this particular produce sticker, I think it's called Sticks Fresh, is uh, does something to the fruit that allows, or the produce that allows it to last longer. So what that does is it causes less food waste over time. Um, and it's just small things like that, these game-changing ideas that I'm really excited to see more and more of now that we finally have the necessary attention um, put to this problem. When I can't imagine how frustrating it must have been to be like a climate scientist in the 1970s when Earth Day first started and this problem was first starting to raise the alarm bells. But um, you know, it took us way too long to get here, but now that we're here, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see how humans, um, can use that, you know, incredibly innovative part of our brains to, to create the solutions to get us out of this situation. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of the, the same thing for me. It's just seeing what we're capable of and, you know, realizing that you're right, we did this, you know, we use, and I feel like it's almost like, like negatively impressive what we've been able yeah. to do yeah. <laughs> and destroy. And now it's like, great, we did that. So now we can like do another thing. <laughs> so let's yeah. turn left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So very exciting. Cool. And so I want to wrap up um, kind of going towards the direction, you know, a lot of the things and the projects that you've mentioned and, and the work that you're doing, a lot of that has taken, you know, a village to put together. And, and I think community is a topic that has to always be kind of talked about and we have to encourage that that growth and that those connections. Um, so I'd love to understand kind of in your past and your journey until now, how has community been you know, an instrumental part of your success um, thus far and how can our community support you moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, first of all, I clue would definitely not have been possible without um, community support and um, even from the earliest, earliest days, you know, when I first sat down, I was like, okay, I have this idea. I can't shake it. I want to work on it, but I have no clue on how to start a company. Um, and, you know, there's just so many friends and people from, from various circles of life for me who stepped up and gave me advice, you know, free of charge and spent <laughs> tons of time with me consulting, making network connections, helping to move uh, move it along for me and this idea. And I just want to say like from that day one, um, seeing the power of community was like so massive. And, uh, you know, the way I kind of see it is like what you put out in the world, you, you know, comes back, uh, for you. And so I think I've been most humbled by just like the power of like the network and like people just doing things because they want to help. Um, and that's been absolutely incredible. Of course, I have to also give so much credit to uh, the amazing team that I've been able to bring on since, including um, such an incredible impact marketing agency, Ola <laughs> Impact, <laughs> and uh, so many other amazing collaborators who are currently working on bringing Cluey to life. Um, so, so many, so many great um, folks and people along the way, including also a founder fellowship I was a part of that has created an amazing founder community for me. Um, cause being a founder can feel like a lonely, uh, journey at times. So anybody who's out there, who's starting their own business, you know, I applaud you. Um, my biggest suggestion is to find others like you. So you don't feel like you're walking that road alone. 
Um, and then how the community could help me and Chloe, you know, go to chloeconsumer.com and create your account today. We are, we are targeted uh, to, to the U.S. currently, but the goal is to eventually expand. So if you're in the U.S. and you're listening to this, definitely check out chloeconsumer.com. And, uh, and if you're not in the U.S., still follow us across our social media platforms. Um, we're really trying to put out uh, insightful content based on what we can gather from the data in our um, app and tool that we've built. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I would say we could be helped by the, by the wider community. <laughs> Wonderful. We'll definitely include everything um, further down in the podcast notes about how to find Cluey. You did mention that you you had said earlier, you're like, I didn't have a clue. Well, you weren't Cluey yet. Yes. <laughs> we all got to get Cluey. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Get a Cluey. Cluey. This, this is so serendipitous that I <laughs> came across that word, but it does mean it's an Australian English word and it does mean well-informed. Um, so it, it works quite well <laughs> with what we're building. So everybody get a cluey and get a cluey, uh, everyone. Yeah. Don't be clueyless. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Well, it was great to, to speak with you and learn a bit more. And we look forward to seeing the future of cluey. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Brand Saving the World is an original podcast and Ola Impact production. Our host is Kelly Rogan, and we appreciate all feedback and podcast ideas sent to the email hello at olaimpact.com.